Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan, back with the whole crew, Chris Parliament and Brandon Piller. I'm going to ask them both if this upcoming week could be the biggest in Sens history. We'll continue to make the case for Daniel Alfredson and Brian Murray in the upcoming Hockey Hall of Fame announcement. We'll spin the tankathon wheel, and we are in to the top 10 in our draft rankings. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Saturday, June 20th. Parley. True or false, this week with the upcoming Hockey Hall of Fame announcement and then draft lottery, it could be the biggest in Sens history. There's definitely a couple different cases you can make here. Obviously, what happens on the ice is definitely a hockey team's biggest accomplishment, so it's tough to say. But this could be the biggest reason for two different reasons, one good and one bad. There is an alternative universe that we don't know about yet, where Daniel Alfredson could be snubbed once again, Brian Murray could be snubbed, and the Senators could either bust on an early pick or move back in the draft in a year where a top three pick or it's a failure. So, I mean, it's a spin of the balls, and it's uh, up to some voters here where this one could go. It's tough to say that uh, a team that's played in a Stanley Cup final, uh, something off ice is bigger than that. But, I mean, hey, if you get Alexi Lafreniere or Quentin Byfield and turn your franchise around for the next 20 years, it's tough to argue. Yeah, well, uh, way to bring the positivity here uh, into the weekend, Parley. Sounded like a eulogy, Parley. Holy, yeah, they're going to pick five and six and nobody's getting into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Pillsy, <laughs> give me some more positivity than that. You know what? I think uh, there's a good chance at least one of these good things is going to hit, like, Either Alfie gets in, or I think, like we said on uh, last podcast, Ross, Brian Murray, I think, has an even bigger chance of getting into the Hockey Hall of Fame as a builder, and we're going to touch on that today. But then the draft lottery, who knows what's going to happen there. Parley, I'm going to take a different alternative universe than you, and let's stay positive. I, I honestly think that there is a high chance that the Sens get number two. Number one, I still my gut feeling, I still don't know, but... Number two, getting Quinn and Byfield, and then whatever draft position comes after that, scoop up a nice, talented winger, and this franchise is on the right foot, at least to put the puck in the net with some two top players in uh, in the offensive category. So I'm going to say that's the positive of this, Ross, and yes, absolutely, if all these things line up perfectly, this could be easily the biggest week in Ottawa Senators franchise history. And if you rewind the clock, let's stick with the draft theme because on this day in Sens history, it's one of the best stories. The draft was in Ottawa. And because I mentioned the year, you already know what this story is. The Sens have the 18th pick. They make a deal on the draft floor. Brian Murray swings it, trades up to get 15th overall. And you know Brian Murray, old school hockey guy, loves his big forwards. But he drafted a 150-pound Swedish defenseman. And he didn't do it, actually. Daniel Alfredson went up to the mic and selected Eric Carlson with the 15th overall pick. So that's um, on this day in Sens history. And you go back and look at the photo. We're going to tweet it out. You can go at Sens Central on Twitter. And, man, when I say 150 pounds, Parley, 
that might be soaking wet. Eric Carlson was a baby at the time. He really was. And you talk about Pillar all the time. You say a little bit of a riverboat gambler. That's all he really had to his game. But then, yeah, the physicality and the absolute athleticism. The guy turned into an animal in his time in Ottawa. Peak physical condition. He was a guy that just, he could do it all. He could skate for days. Uh, yeah, it was definitely a a boy becoming a man in front of the Senators um, throughout his career. And the video is awesome too, Pilsy, where he's looking around and licks his lips as he's looking out into the uh, the crowd of what would be his home arena for the first 10 years of his career. Well, and I think my favorite or one of my favorite parts of that story, Ross, is who did the Nashville Predators end up with after just missing out on picking Eric Carlson, which would have been like, that would have been so on brand for the Predators to get Eric Carlson, one of the best defensemen no of this generation, like just scooping up all the great young defensemen. But nope, they went for Chet Picard and Taylor Beck. So bit of a tough look there for uh, Poyle uh, when he's when he's looking back at the trade history there. Yeah, do you know what's even uh, crazier than that? You look and uh, Drew Doughty already went third overall to the Kings. And the Kings also had the 13th pick. Wow. but picked another defenseman. They picked Colton Tubert. So they could have realistically had Dowdy and Carlson in the same first oh round. Obviously, you, this is like you would want Carlson here, but like Colton Tubert put together quite a career, and then he was on the same pair as Alex Petrangelo on the team that won the World Juniors that year. So it's tough. Obviously, like hindsight being twenty twenty, you should have taken Eric Carlson, but Colton Tubert in that time in the NHL with his size, with his hockey resume, I mean, it's tough to kind of poke fun at that pick. But now, obviously, you go with Eric Carlson. Colton Tubert finishes NHL career with 24 games and one assist. (laughs) 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 I'm pretty sure Eric Carlson has had more three-point games in his career. But, hey, we got to give credit to the man who drafted him, too, Brian Murray. And we touched on some of his accomplishments in our last episode. And we got to keep pumping those tires because we didn't even mention that he won the Jack Adams Award for the best coach in the National Hockey League in 83-84. He's 18th all-time among head coaches in wins. First coach to lead the Washington Capitals to the playoffs. And in seven full seasons, because there's the eighth lockout season, uh, the shortened season that they didn't make the playoffs, but in seven full seasons as the head coach in Washington, they made the playoffs every year. Yeah, and uh, Ross, another thing we didn't mention, uh, if you're looking at Brian Murray as heading into the Hockey Hall of Fame as a builder, executive sorry, executive of the year in 1996 uh, six as the Panthers GM. So... Like, it just seemed like no matter what position he uh, held in an NHL franchise, he was successful. And I think we talked a little bit about the coaching tree um, that Brian Murray had in our last episode. But how about the effect he's had on some players? I was going through uh, some videos and articles. And uh, do you guys remember when Craig Anderson paid tribute to Brian Murray? He had Brian Murray on his helmet. Um Ryan Getzloff, even though he didn't play for Murray, he was drafted by Murray in 2003. He credits uh, Brian Murray for being a big reason why he's such a good pro today. I mean, obviously there was some influence uh, when he was drafted there as well. And then look at the look at the things he's done as general manager. I mean, you talked or uh, I talked about how he was executive of the of the year in uh, 1996 with the Panthers. He was the guy that brought Pavel Bure to Florida, like. That for that franchise, that was just a, like monumental move that kind of 
got things going and uh, got Panthers fans at least a dynamic guy to get excited about. So Brian Murray just... I feel like his his reach stretches just beyond the league and it trickles down and we're we're going to see his effect on the game of hockey probably last for a long long time. Yeah, and it was just as much and Parley can touch on this the the character off the ice and you mentioned if so many players have have such good things to say about him. Um he just the sarcasm, the wit and even um, we're going to be talking to a journalist who's been covering the Sens for a long time. And I want to ask him uh, about stories that Brian Murray was not shy to uh, confront them when he read something that uh, he didn't like, always looking out for his team. 100% he was. Uh, the way I would describe Brian Murray is kind of a good old-fashioned guy's guy. He's going to keep you in your spot. He's going to keep you there. But also, if you do right by him, he's never, ever going to waver in doing right by you. Uh, there's so many players and um, retired players, obviously, now, and uh, people around the game that have always said good things about him. And, I mean, it's it's tough to see where the Senators have gone since he's since he's passed because, you know, he would have had a say in that conversation, and it's tough to see. Well, and as a general manager leading four different teams to the Stanley Cup final, and it's such a shame. We mentioned the last episode, too, that he lost to the team he built when Anaheim beat Ottawa. That was all architected oh, yeah. by him he was also the gm of anaheim in 03 when they had that unlikely run to the stanley cup final the florida panthers pills he mentioned in 96 two years after entering the national hockey league brian murray was their first ever general manager well the brian murray story will continue and there's still lots more that makes him a perfect candidate for the builder category of the hockey hall of fame so we're going to continue that in the next episode but first, we got to tell you about Rock Auto. You know it, the family business that sells auto parts to customers online. And yeah, they've been doing it for 20 years. All you have to do, you just go to rockauto.com and you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, Get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same, whether it's for professionals or do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and make sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. From one very important member of the Ottawa Senators last two decades to the longest serving captain, Daniel Alfredson, another Hockey Hall of Fame, what we want to say a lock, but nominee who could be inducted this week. And I mentioned yesterday, second all-time among Swedish players in NHL scoring. Well, it's to Sundin, not Forsberg, besides the point, because there's been so many great Swedish players, and Alfie is number two in points. Uh, that's among other things, like leading Team Sweden in scoring when they won the gold medal in the 06 Olympics. Parley, if you and I were getting on an elevator together, maybe on the 22nd floor, heading down, how would you 
make sure that I was aware that Daniel Alfredson belongs in the Hall of Fame? I'd probably start off by asking you a simple question. If you take a guy in the sixth round at 133rd overall, do you expect him to win the Calder Trophy two years later as the best rookie? Especially especially with an expansion team. Getting 61 points in 82 games. Let's not mention he was four away from the 30-goal mark as a rookie. He followed that up with 71 the next year. But if I want to tell you that he's going to be the captain of your franchise, being the 400-goal club, 1,000-point club, and as you mentioned, unbelievable international resume. I mean, it's tough to turn your head away from a guy that did all of that with the C on his jersey for a team that made some noise every single year. Yeah, there's an unbelievable stat, too. The Ottawa Senators didn't make the playoffs, I want to say, twice during Alfie's 17-year career. And how about this for you? He's going to lead your team in points in his first year, and he's going to lead your team in points in the last year. Yeah, I mentioned that the the last episode. One of the craziest stats... Uh, about Alfie and let's talk about his playoff because he always brought his game to another level in the postseason he's got an even century in points Pillsy, 100 playoff points and he led the entire playoffs in scoring in uh in 0607 you know uh, that he was tied with Spets and Heatley in points but 14 goals in 20 games now we know Alfie being the two-way guy a guy who could throw it on the penalty kill or the power play. And Ross, if you mention a guy that's got 100 points in 124 playoff games, you got to think that he's kind of out there. He's soft. This is not a soft player. He was going to stand up. He was wearing the C. He was the heart and pride of the Senators team for so long. He had 76 pims in those 124 games as well. He did everything for this team. 51 goals, 49 assists. If you're curious about what the splits were, Pilsy, he did everything for them in the postseason. And when the Senators were at their best, 05-06, he had 103 points. He was the driving force of a franchise for, what, 18 years? 17, Parley. 17 years. Yikes. It was unfortunate the way it had to end obviously going to Detroit. But, I mean, if you look at the career as a whole, I think you're you're looking at a career that deserves to be in the hall. Yeah, I would say it's it should be a no-brainer. And how cool would it be, uh, as someone mentioned to us on Twitter, that if Alfie and Brian Murray could go in together, it would just add such a nice touch. And even host it, too, a guy who played with Alfie in, in the early sure. parts of both of their careers. Um, and then Iggy's another guy. But the only thing... There's a there's so many like older guys who've been waiting a lot longer. It seems like they always get in the mix. And then every once in a while, you'll get an international player um, like like the Russian. I can't even remember his name last year. Um, Zubov. No, no, not Zubov. He a guy who didn't even play in the NHL. Like the goalie. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Goalie friendly show. Yeah, always. How wild would it be to see the eldest of the Kachucks? hop in in the same year where the Senators have a couple inductees themselves. Yeah, Keith Kachuk, long overdue for the Hall of Fame. Alex McGillney, another name that... Patrick um, Eliash. Yeah, Patrick Eliash, wow. And he's got all the cups to match that one. You know, the, to have be on that powerful New Jersey team, you had to bring it every day. And what do you need when you have to bring it every day? 
lots of protein. And Built Bar is your number one source. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And they got you covered if you're you're picky. 16 amazing flavors, 100% covered in chocolate. They're all soft and easy to chew, but still great for the health-conscious guy because you can lose or even maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat because they're low in calorie, they're low in sugar, but then they're high in everything you need, protein and fiber. For example, the peanut butter brownie one has 20 grams of protein. This is a normal-sized protein bar, but has 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, but only 3 grams of sugar and 3 grams of net carbohydrates. So you got to get some yourself right now. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On. The whole site right now is up to 50% off. That is is a deal you can't pass up. Go to builtbar.com and make sure to use the promo code locked on so they know that we sent you. All right, before we get into our top 10 with Jake Sanderson, Pilsy, we didn't spin the wheel last one, but thankfully for the Send Central Citizen Jack Richardson, he spun us a one and a four, I believe was his spin. So now we got to bring it to our Sends Tankathon as we are six days away. From the draft lottery, Pilsy, start us off. Less than a week, boys. We're almost there. We're we're so close. And to keep the excitement going, first overall, the Ottawa Senators with San Jose's pick, then Detroit, Winnipeg, and then Ottawa again. So one and four, love it. One and four is great. Parley, how about you? Ooh, two and. Five. I can go with number two. I'm all right with number two. It has to be one or two. Yeah, you have to get one. Oh, here we go. I've got number two as well. Um, the bad news here is that Montreal jumps up to get number one. Uh, Not Lafreniere in Montreal. We would uh, never hear the end of it. No, we wouldn't. Um, Ottawa finishes or picks second, and then the San Jose pick moves down two spots. So second and five. Not terrible, but ah. Uh, you hate to see Montreal jump ahead. Um, if you're if you're thinking like, what are all the options? Well, I did the math today. There's 11 different outcomes for the potential draft. Math level. guy. Math uh-huh. guy. Yep, yep. So credit to me for that, and uh, <laughs> credit to all the scouts for watching Jake Sanderson because there is no consensus on this guy. Some think he's going to be good enough offensively to be on a first pair. Some think that. It's going to hold him back. The one thing that all scouts can agree on is that the number 10 prospect on the Sens Central draft rankings is an unbelievable skater. Parley, what else do you have on Jake Sanderson? I'm going to come out of the gates hot with a player comparable. May not have the same size as him. Jake Sanderson coming in at 6'1", 170. The height's not there. Obviously, this kid's going to put on weight to get a pro frame, all that sort of stuff. I've got him at 185. Wow, this might be an older report here then. But a guy that doesn't blow you away offensively, but just plays the defense position so well. I think you're going to like this one. Jakob Slavin out of Carolina. Okay. Very good puck mover, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that's going to have to come in, into his game. The, the one, like the skating, I can see the same. Like Slavin's really good at using the, the edges of his skates to, to open himself up in the offensive zone to receive passes, to move the puck and keep the flow moving. Um, Pilsy, if we look at the defensive side, which I think we should focus, focus on a little bit better because it's the, the star of his game, it's defending the rush. 
Absolutely. And uh, Ross, you kind of mentioned it off the top. Uh, some scouts are wondering, like, is he going to be a really offensive contributor on the back end? And I don't think so. But again, that's not the worst thing. Like, everyone's so infatuated these days with uh, a guy just racking up points because that seems to be who wins the Norris. But Well, and Hughes and McCarr watching them go offensive on sprees as rookies has been fun, too. Mm-hmm. And out yeah. of blocks. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not uh, I'm not saying it's not fun and not entertaining. And it's important to have a defenseman that can rack up those points for you and quarterback your power play. But Jake Sanderson's going to offer a different element to his game. Uh, he's got a physical element. He can like he can throw his weight around and separate the man from the puck pretty easily. But I think this says it all right here. His coach, Seth Appert, says he eats people up with how well he defends neutral zone rushes. And that's what you're talking about, Ross. And that's another thing that's so um, overrated these days, especially with prospects, is is being able to break up those zone entry attacks from other teams. And he's he's not only good at breaking up other teams' zone entries, he's exceptional at starting uh, the play himself. And he's not a defenseman that's typically going to make a first pass. If you're such a good skater, why not use that? And there were so many highlights I saw of him going coast to coast and just I love that smooth weave right through defenders. Like, you know, he's anticipating where they're going to make their step and he just weaves and sidesteps and uh, can avoid checks really well. I think Jake Sanderson, he's not a guy you're going to put on your uh, top power play unit, maybe not even your second power play unit, but he's going to be a guy that is going to be a good top four defenseman because he's like, I don't know about you guys, like what? What would you say the most important aspect of a defensive prospect's game is? Skating, passing, uh, ability to defend, shooting. Uh, for me, I would put skating as the top every time because you have to be able to skate. And the reason, he used to be a forward when he was 10, Jake Sanderson, but he transitioned to D because his coach said, you're so much better at skating backwards than anyone else on our team. And that's so important because you're going to get blown by guys uh, growing up and developing if you can't skate backwards well. So his skating is the pinnacle of why he's been successful so far. And I think it's going to continue to contribute to his success at an NHL level. Just to throw another player comparable at you here. Um, here we go. I mean, we talk about skating ability and we talk about guys that can kind of slow the play down, but all, but just effectively kind of go through everything. Now, you guys obviously have talked about his defensive ability as something that stands out. But what I see a lot in scouting reports when it comes to this kid is the word raw. He's got a lot of tools, but they're all raw. But you get into the NHL with NHL caliber coaching and the ability to move people along in systems and finding the right system for them to play and utilizing their skills and developing other skills. Another guy I'm going to throw at you that, to be honest, I wish this was the name I threw out first is Josh Morrissey out of Winnipeg. And if the senators could pick up a guy like Josh Morrissey, just a smooth skater slows the play down just a today's style NHL defensive defenseman. Yeah, I want to touch. That's a good comparable as well. I want to touch on what you mentioned about being raw. He's born in July, so he's one of the youngest prospects in the uh, in the draft, and he's a guy who really stepped up in the second half. Was the MVP at the BioSteel the All uh, Americans game, then went to the Five Nations and co-led the tournament in scoring. So that pushed him at the start of the year. This was a guy who people saw in the second round. 
And once his skating, his hands, everything just improved so much. And how about this for th- two reasons why the Sens will have Jake Sanderson high on their board? I'll give you three reasons. One, he's going to North Dakota. We, we noticed yep. the connection there. They love that. He's a low-maintenance player. He's the kind of guy who is maybe doesn't have the highest upside, but is a safe bet to become a good NHLer. And three... How many sons of former NHLers have the Ottawa Senators drafted? He's the son of Jeff Sanderson, former Bruins speedster, and uh, he played over a thousand games. Jeff Sanderson did, so he could join the Browns, the Kachucks, and uh, among many others in the Sens organization, who are, are the uh, sons of former NHLers. And we talk about players. I mean, that are maybe not putting up the most amount of points and how defensively they're they're kind of doing what they have to do to be to be just a good defender but let's look at his numbers here and you can't take this away from them in 47 games for the US National U8T team he put up 29 points in 47 games that's not numbers you can scoff at for a guy that you're talking about is a better defensive player than offensive yeah, and that's the thing. Like he's it's it's not like he's like a complete shutdown defensive defenseman, right? Like he he has the tools and kind of like you said partly raw. Like he has those tools there. They just need some uh touching up. But Ross, you you seem really confident that this is a guy the Sens should go for. Are you worried at all about the left-hand shot um right-hand shot aspect of it? Like it for you like I'm just worried he gets kind of lost in the pipeline behind, uh, obviously, Shabbat. And then Brandstrom, uh, Wallinen, like, like, does it really matter to you if he's a right or a left shot, uh, considering the Sens' uh, depth in defensive prospects already? Yeah, well, there's Lajoie as well. And then you look at their NHL roster, since you mentioned Shabbat, and I want to see Burrow on that blue line for and two Riley. Or three more years yeah Riley's already locked up for next year which wouldn't be a problem with Sanderson as he's gonna at least go for one year um at school Brandstrom don't be shocked if he plays the right side throughout his career I could see him being one of those off-wing style defensemen um I think you just still have to draft best player available the reason we actually had Sanderson and um I guess we're not hiding anything Drysdale is still to come as the other defenseman on our list we, we pushed them both back today because we realized like we're doing this as a Sens draft board. And from our talk with Graham Nichols last week, and he was speaking with Scott Wheeler, who we respect his opinion a lot on this show. And there's so many defensemen, and we profiled a lot of them in that 20 to 50 range. You have four second-round picks. You can get defensemen later in the draft. Focus these first three picks on high upside offense, exciting players yep. that will put butts in seats. So I think that that's the most important goal for the Sens during this draft. Yeah, I agree. I mean, highest available best player is someone you have to take. And I mean, having a lot of good defensemen is a great problem to have. Uh, I mean, look at, uh, look at Nashville. Like we, we joked about it earlier with them having a chance to get Carlson, but they just stockpiled defensemen and then use them to fill in the gaps, right? That's what they did with Johansson. Um, you know, like that's that's what uh, they're able to do. Like it's definitely not a bad thing. Um, it's it's going to be interesting when all these draft picks are made. If uh, Dorian doesn't use them to acquire some veteran talent or move up uh, in the draft, like just the amount of guys waiting in the pipes is going to be absolutely crazy. 
Well, boys, it's exciting. We are in the top 10, and we'll have number nine on Monday. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everyone. For Brandon Piller and Chris Parliament, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, where we've got your team every day.